0: and welcome to yet another edition of the Bavarian Podcast for post-game show. This is I Need No Name, and once again, I am talking about a massive Bayern Munich win, which is our 5-0 victory over Victoria Pilsen in the Champions League tonight. And first of all, I need to point out that I have no idea how to pronounce Pilsen. Um, My commentator in the match stream that I watched, he said maybe... Two or three or even four different pronunciations. So I'm just going to call them Pilsen. You can correct me if I'm wrong. And uh, let's just move on to the match. So this is going to be a pretty short podcast. Because even though Bayern scored like five goals. There's not much to say. Because Pilsen was so thoroughly outmatched. That we could have fielded a B team. And we would have still won by like three, four, five goals. Because like this is... They were possibly the weakest team we have faced in the Champions League as far as I can remember honestly like I don't remember facing a weaker team they were thoroughly thoroughly just not even playing the same sport honestly like it it wasn't even close so yeah um quick recap of the game Bayern Munich started in what should I call it a 4-2-3-1 we had Serge Gnabry up top Sadio Mane on the left Jamal Muziala in the middle and Leroy Sané on the right. Thomas Muller obviously not playing due to COVID. In midfield, we had Ryan Gravenberge get a start, which was good to see. And alongside him, we had Leon Goretzka as the number eight. Ryan Gravenberge was taking Kimmich's role as the number six, with Kimmich ruled out due to COVID. You had the back line consisting of Alphonso Davies. Surprised to see him start because, you know... He probably deserved a bit of a rest after playing for Canada and then again against Bayalev Kuzen the full 90 minutes. But yeah, Alfonso Davies, then you had Delict and Papacano, who are forming a pretty solid partnership at the moment. And you had Nuzar Matsraoui come in for Benjamin Pavard at right back. And obviously Manuel Noir in goal. So The party got started pretty early in the game, I think around five or six minutes in, when Jamal Muziala once again assisted Leroy Sané by going down the right-hand side and putting in a siding pass to Sané, who was making the run down the middle. I think that is the third time this season that that specific um, goal sequence has happened that has led to Sané scoring, where we saw it against Barcelona, we saw it against Leverkusen, and now we've seen it against Pilsen. So, it seems like this is working out into something that has been practiced and perfected by both Muziada and Sané. It's great to see it working against all types of opposition. Next, you had... Well, who was it that scored next? I think it was uh, Sadio... No, it was actually Serge Gnabry who scored. And, again, easy easy goal. Not not much to say about that. Then Sadio Mane made it 3-0. Muziala could have made it 4-0 in the first half but Sadio Mane was ruled offside in the buildup by the new automated offside thing that I really find a little bit suspect because if you look at the images of the offside online, Mane maybe not even an inch of his toe was probably in an offside position and that was enough to rule the goal out and i don't think that the offside rule was ever meant to rule goals out that way that is not how the rule was envisioned and this system may need some adjustments they may may need to add some kind of margin of error to the system so that it actually is fair on the attacker because look Mane, he's offside a lot today he was offside maybe two three four times but Even so, that one was not his fault. And Jamal Muziala deserved to go out of this game with a goal. Anyway, second half, we had Fonzi and Muziala subbed off. Stanisic and chuba Moting came on. And honestly, I'm surprised that chuba Moting came on at halftime. I was expecting Matitel. Honestly, I was expecting Matitel to start. But that's a conversation for a little bit later. So anyway, they started. And Sané, again, scored very soon after halftime. So Pilsen had basically no hope. Of ever recovering from that. And then later in the half, you had Matthew Dell come on for who was it, Sonny? Yeah, who had a brace. And then Chupomoting scored the fifth, and that was it for Bayern's goals. Then in the 80th minute, which is pretty much the last interesting thing to happen in the game, you had a pitch invader at the Alliance Arena. I don't know how a pitch invader got there because, like, I've seen. How the security measures are prepared at the Allianz Arena before a Champions League game. And they have, like, very tall f- fences in front of all the supporters' stands. So, like, h- how did the pitch invader manage to make it on? Did he climb it and none of the stewards saw him? Like, whatever. Anyway, stewards chase him down. And in the end, the ref didn't even find it in him to give more than three minutes of added time. So, yeah, by the End of the game. Three, sorry, five nil. And it was honestly... Easy game. Second half was a lot lower intensity than the first, which you expect given that we have Borussia Dortmund coming up on Saturday. So, individual performances. First of all, standout performer Leroy Sané probably man of the match for me. He looks so good right now. Man Bun Sané looking great. His Finishing is the main thing that we need to talk about. It looks so much more clinical now. He seems to shoot with much more confidence, much more accuracy, and his dribbling has gotten much better. He seems to be much more confident in making those into the middle dribbles that he was struggling with in earlier seasons. He when, where he used to, you know, dribbled straight into the path of a defender. Now he's actually finding spaces and managing to link up with others. And part of that is down to the fact that Buziada is around to help him a lot. And that makes him much more able to use his skills in spaces that he is good at. Then you had Serge Gnabry. Gnabry had, in my opinion, a good game. Lots of hustle. He scored a goal. He could have had maybe another, but... I'm not really sure about that. He linked up with Sadio Mane, who himself had probably his easiest game in a Bayern shirt so far. Poulsen gave him so much space to run into that it looked like prime Liverpool Mane out there. Even though he did not have the pace that he's known for, he was getting past defenders with ease. And he was playing great passes and he got his goal. Could have had another in my opinion. But I think he had like two very limp shots and he used to work on that. His shooting has been a little bit suspect in the sense that his shots just don't have much power behind them. And he needs to maybe work on that in training a little bit so that he can get those shots on target and get them past the goalkeeper and make the goalkeeper work for it to get a say rather than just simply sending it into his arms. So that is pretty much the attack. In midfield, you had Goretzka playing a pretty interesting role. Before the game, Nagelsmann said that he doesn't really see... Goretzka as a six, but moreover as a number eight, so he is not really seen as anything like Savitzer who has been playing that pseudo Conte role for us this season. Instead, Nagelsmann sees Goretzka as a marauding box-to-box midfielder, and we saw that very clearly today, where he was regularly winning the ball and then going straight up the pitch, often going out wide, almost like a winger at times, and sending in crosses. Uh, winning headers, all of that good stuff, and great performance from him, honestly. It does make an interesting tactical consideration, because against Pilsen, I guess, that Nagelsmann would not have wanted to play Sabitzer because Sabitzer's role is very defensive, and is buying in a team right now, and that's not what he wants against a team that will probably not attack very much, a team like Pilsen, and more Park the Bus type teams. So maybe, going forward, we might see Sabitzer and Kimmich against Teams that are more open, teams like Leverkusen, Barcelona, those kinds of teams, but against teams that sit back and defend more, we will see Goretzka in midfield just to give us that more offensive play and his physicality and his height in up top and the ability for him to pivot our offense around him that is something that might be interesting as an outcome from this game as for gravenberg i think honestly he didn't get to show his qualities in the number six position today because pilsen they just gave the uh, binds so much space they didn't really try to press and even even when they tried to press gravenberg was so far above them in quality that he didn't even break a sweat trying to get out so good performance but he can do a lot more and the opponent was so low quality that he didn't really get to showcase himself. So, yeah, probably a 7, 7.5 out of 10 for Gravenberg for me. Defense, Upamakano and Delict, pretty much flawless. I didn't even have to do anything. Alphonso Davies, good game from him again. Again, he can polish up his attacking play. Not much else to say there. There was like a sequence where he was behind the entire in defense and he had the chance to cross inside the box and he crossed it but instead of going for the near post he went to the far post and it was kind of an aimless cross that was easily cleared out and those are the kinds of moments where i expect fonzie to do better and find his man and if he gets better in those moments he can be one of the best offensive right backs sorry left backs in the world on top of what he already is which is one of the best two-way players in the game right now and finally, you had Nuzer Matraoui. Matraoui, aside from his mediocre first game against Victoria Cologne, he has been so good for Bayern this season. And I'm glad that Nagelsmann gave him a full 90 minutes to showcase himself because he was just so smooth. Making He made a last-dish tackle, and he was great at both ends of the field. No goals or assists, but that doesn't really matter because his overall performance was great. And even when Benjamin Pavard was subbed off, I mean, subbed on. Uh, it was Upa Makanu who got subbed off and not Matsrawi. And this is the second time in a row that you've had Matsrawi and Pavad coexisting on the field together. So this is coming right after Pavad gave those interviews where he talked about how he might... He's still kind of ambivalent about signing a new contract with Bayern and how he wants to play more at centre-back. So maybe this is an example of Nagelsmann showing that Pavad can play at centre-back for Pine and so... And Mazrawi is not that much of a threat to his minutes. So that is pretty much what I can take from this game. Oh, and Noir, he probably owes the club about 80 Euros from his salary because that is the cost of admit- admission to the Alliance Arena today, and he was basically a spectator. So yeah. Um there is one issue with this game, and I need to talk about this. Maybe at length. This is pretty much going to be the rest of the podcast. Which is Nagelsmann's use of youth players and Matty Tell in particular compared to Chupo Moting. I don't understand why Chupo Moting is getting this many minutes in recent games. Tell deserves these minutes more than Chupo. I get it. Chupo scored today and he hasn't been good for us in the past. But Chupo Moting is a 33-year-old. He's not getting any younger and he's not getting any better. Okay? We know what we get from him. He's perfectly happy to sit on the bench. And even if he isn't, it's not like he's going to get any worse sitting on the bench or any better from playing regular minutes. Whereas Tell, he's 17 years old, extremely talented. He can benefit from so much from actually playing these games. And if we don't give him games against a team like Pilsen, where is he going to actually get minutes at a club like Bayern Munich? Thomas Muller and Joshua Kimmich were out today, and this was Pilsen at home. This was the perfect time for Tell to actually get a start, and not just me, but Build, Kicker, every publication predicted him to start, but Noltsman stuck to his guns and decided, no, he's going to go with his tried and tested players up front, and he even subbed on Chupo at halftime when Tell could have come on, and it was already 3-0 at that point. This is kind of the baffling behavior from Noltsman that I just, just don't, fathom as a fan because he himself is such a young coach and he's used to getting chances as a young coach making waves so why is he so averse to giving young talent their shot at Bayern Munich it happened last season and now it's happening again this season and given that one of the reasons we were sold on signing Nagelsmann compared to other coaches is because of his so-called ability to develop players we have not seen it at Bayern Munich so far and he needs to shape up, he needs to start giving these young players Gravenberg, Mathietel, uh, even Josef Stanisic who has been very unlucky with his minutes so far. All of these guys need more minutes not just to stay match fit but also to develop as players. They need these minutes more than someone who is 33 years old like Chuba Moting and I know that people will disagree with me. I know that people will say Tupo needs these minutes so that he can come in as an emergency striker when we need him to. But in despite that unlikely eventuality, I think the upside of playing someone like Tell instead of him is much greater. And it is a mistake by Nagelsmann not to play him in these positions, in these games where the stakes are low but the upside is very high, and that's pretty much all I have to say. So, yeah, that is the review of Bayern Munich, 5-0 for, against Victoria Pilton. I am now going to take a break and watch Barcelona versus Inter, so, yeah. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for our next podcast, which will probably be our preview for the Borussia Dortmund game, which is being done by Samran, I think. So, yeah, stay tuned for that, and I will see you next time. Good night.